Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to people who want to speak more as a way to build their income and grow their business. Well, welcome everyone to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Atkinson, and today's show is about building a brand long-term over the long haul. Our special guest expert today is Willie Jolly. Welcome back, Willie. Well, thank you, Jane. It's a pleasure to be on with you, and I hope you're doing good, and I'm excited about uh, getting a chance to share with your listeners some ideas to help them to have greater personal and professional success. Awesome. Let me tell you, before we get started, let me tell you why I'm so apt to do this or willing to do this because I am always asked, you know, why do you take time out of your schedule where you got so many things with radio and television and books and speaking and, and other entrepreneurial as well as family and business things to take care of? Why do you take out time out to do podcasts like this where you give away, give away, give away, just give away the secrets to mm-hmm. the fortune to the, the other keys to the castle? And my answer is always the same. When I got started, someone took time to talk to me, yeah. to, to help me, to encourage me. And it's always best that you not forget the bridge that brought you across. Mm-hmm. And as you give, Scripture says, so shall it be given unto you. So the more you put into others, that comes back to you. And those who are successful, particularly those in the speaking industry who have been massively successful when I got started, they understood that principle. And that's how the speaking, the speaking association started by people being willing to give understanding that the more you gave, the more you would eventually get. And it was reciprocal. So that's why I take time out when you call, particularly the great, wonderful Jane Atkinson, that uh, I take time to do that. I love it. You know, I have literally known your brand for, I think it's 33 years now, because Uh my very first NSA convention, I saw you uh, belting out it might have even been the national anthem the on, national the, anthem. That's on the NSA stage. And I yep. was, effect- I got goosebumps. I'm Canadian and I cry every time I hear it, but you made me wail. <laughs> and uh, it was just so beautiful. And I thought, wow, that is, there's some power there. And so here you are. How many years are you into this career? Uh, over 30. Yes. Over 30. Over 30. And, and so what do you think is the secret to having a business? Because this really is a business, and we reinforce that a lot here, uh, for that three decades. Like, what are some of the things that you have done to build that and keep it going? Well, first, before I tell you what I've done, let's talk about the challenges that others are going to face. Mm-hmm. One is, statistics show that at the National Speakers Association, 30% of the people who come the first time won't come again. They, they hear about the speaking business, mm-hmm. that there's, a, there's an opportunity to make a lot of money in this business by getting up and talking. Mm-hmm. And so they come with this mindset or thought process that 
I could do that. I can talk mm-hmm. and I can make a lot of money and really live a wonderful life in terms of the places that we're able to go, the resorts we, we, we are flown to, to give a speech after we could take our spouse, our mate, our partner, and it can be a very good life. So they say, I'm coming. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And they come and they never come back because of what you just said, that it is a business. And therefore, there have to be some principles that have to be upheld and responded to and some actions you must take to keep the business going. Mm. So the answer to your question, how have I been able to sustain this over the years, is one that I had a big vision for my my business when I started it. Okay. So in... You could see beyond what was currently in front of you to where you wanted to go. For those who don't know, for those who don't know, I was a uh, nightclub singer, singing in nightclubs in Washington, D.C. and Atlantic City when I got married 34 years ago. Mm. I said, I don't want to be traveling all the time singing. So I established a nightclub experience at a local club, built it into the number one night spot in Washington, D.C., and it was very popular. People were were standing in line to come, and I was excited. I bought a house, had a sports car. But one night I went in the nightclub. The club owner said, we've, made it, we've decided to make a change. We really love you guys. But the problem is now that we are kind of maxed out in terms of the income we can make because we have to pay the band. The room is a certain size, and we've already got two shows a night. And there's something else that's going around the country that's selling out nightclubs and it's a lot cheaper than a band and we can make a better return on our investment. We bought a karaoke machine. We're going to give that a shot. And I was, I was blown away. What? We got standing room only audiences. We're selling out. But in time I realized I was upset then, but in time I realized that it was a business decision that they were trying to get a better return on investment. Mm -hmm. And how could they get a better return on investment if they still had to pay the band the same amount of money yet their income was not going up and they wanted to make more money. So anyway, they, they went with this, uh, karaoke experience and I was out. So what do I do now? And I took a job with the school system while I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And as part of my job, I had to give little speeches to little kids about staying away from drugs. And, and they wanted somebody who was entertaining, which I was. They wanted somebody who could captivate an audience, which I could. I just didn't have any experience in speaking. Right. But once I learned how to give a speech and learned how to give a, a information uh or data in a way that people could remember it or capture it, I was off to the races. And so I started speaking and within a year, I was working for the school system, started speaking as part of my job. And within a year, I quit my job and became a full-time speaker. And from the little kids speaking to schools around the DC and Maryland and Virginia area, then I got invitations to go 
nationally, then internationally to speak to kids, then colleges, then trade associations, then corporations. And it's gone on and continues to this day to be able to speak around the, around the world. I don't do kids that much anymore, once mm-hmm. in a while, but to be able to sustain it. Now, what were the keys? I was focused on creating a global impact from, from when I started. So I had a friend who, when I told him I was going to become a speaker, he said, a what? A speaker. A what? A speaker. <laughs> he couldn't get it. He couldn't what? How do you, I don't understand. What is that? I said, you know, it's kind of like to call him a motivational speaker. And uh-huh. he said, well, you think you're going to make it? I said, no, not only am I going to make it, but within a decade, I'm going to be one of the best. Now that was early in my career in the early 90s. How old were you then? I was 33 when wow. I started speaking. Wow. And, um, and Dee, of course, was in support of this. Yes. I, I must say I, I married really well because my wife has always supported my vision. Now, she didn't want to be part of it at one point. At she that like, point, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was happy with her job, sure. her, her own business. Well, well not business. Her, 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 she was working for the government for She was working on Capitol Hill. Mm. But... Um, and time, she has, has become part of the, my company. But um, she was very supportive. But anyway, I told this guy I was going to be within a decade. And a, a decade later, I was named one of the top five speakers in the world by Toastmasters. I was That's awesome. um, thereafter du- inducted in the Speaker Hall of Fame and, and gone on to be a legend of the speaking industry. But it started by having a big vision. So I want to say to everybody yeah. that... Your vision for the future has an impact on what you will do and how you will chase that vision, how you will go after that vision. If it's just to make a few dollars, well, then you, you probably do that. Uh, but can it sustain you? After you made a few dollars, then what? Uh, if you've had some success, then what? You know, is that, mm-hmm. that going to keep you going? So, yeah, something, yeah. The, the why has to be really solid in order to you know, really get you through those nights when you're with your roller bag going down the hallway of some random hotel at two in the morning because your flight was late. You really need to know what your why is or else that kind of stuff is going to get old really quickly. Yeah. You, the travel, travel's a uh, very uh, exciting initially. <laughs> <laughs> initially. Ooh, initially. Yeah. But it does get old and yeah. it gets old pretty quickly. And, and the older you get, the, uh, less you, you really want to do it. Mm -hmm. But if your why is strong enough, it's a conversation I had with the late, great Keith Harrell. Keith Harrell, for those who don't know, wrote the book, Attitude is Everything. Great book. And, And he was at one time the number one corporate speaker in America. Now I was speaking to youth at that point, but we were good buddies. And, but I was speaking to youth. He was speaking to the corporate arena. He had been Mm -hmm. in corporate America. He understood the lingo. He, he was perfect for the corporate environment. Anyway, Keith and I were talking on the phone one day and I said, I hate this travel. He said, what did you say? I said, I hate this travel. He said, don't ever say that again. Mm. I said, what? He said, what do you love to do? I said, I love to inspire people. I love to encourage people. I love to motivate them. I love to uplift them. I love to empower them to live a better life. He said, well, if that's what you love to do, 
then maybe the price of getting to do what you love to do is, is to travel. Trip. Yeah. That's the price you must pay to get yeah. to do what you love to do. Exactly. So would you not agree that that's the price and it's worth the price to be able to get to do it? I said, I guess so. He says, so therefore, you can never say that again because what it does is, is creates a mental block in getting to do what you love to do. And he was right. So from that day to this, I've never complained about travel in the sense of I, I might not like to do it. Uh, I don't want to get on another plane because the older I get, the less my body likes the air, airplane um, uh, air. And altitude. The, the altitude. Yeah. I sometimes get ear aches. Or last time I flew, I got a, I got a sinus infection. You know, yeah. but hey, hey, you know what? I have to learn how to uh, handle that. Maybe I need to take some. Uh, vitamins or something before I get on a plane or, or yeah yeah you know so all of that is, is secondary so first it is the vision I had to get the vision yeah for where I wanted to go what I wanted to do with my speaking and the impact it would have now it's Love an it. incredible uh, industry and here's the thing though Jane here's the thing let's talk another thing about worth it being worth it okay uh, I'll give you a quick story I was speaking in Japan I was speaking for the U.S. Marines, my second tour. No, this is my first tour, my first tour. My second tour, my wife with me. My first tour, she didn't go with me. Okay. And we were with a um, delegation of people. And we're going through the security checkpoints. It's a high security time. Everybody's putting their passport through this reader that then scans it and it gets a either, uh, you know, you get a bing and you, you're cleared. Right. I'm the last one. Everybody goes through, no problem. Then I come to mine and push it through. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. No bing. Rather than a bing, the phone rings. Uh-oh. And the guy says, uh, Mr. Jolly, yes. Um, we need you to step to the side. Because we need to have a, there's, there's somebody who wants, there's something going on here. Oh, wow. What, what's wrong with my passport? What's the problem? I don't understand. Two big, burly security guards come from the back. And they come to the front. And they say, are you Mr. Jolly? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, we need you to come with us. What? what what's wrong? How, uh, please, just come with us. I, what did I do? What's wrong with it? Please, just come with us. So they could take me down this long corridor, this long hallway, and I get to an office that says Commandant's office. Wow, what is going on here? And I go in, and there's this big leather chair that's facing, the back is facing me, and the front of the, where the person is is facing out the window, looking out the window. So as I walk in, the chair spins around, and there's a fairly young man sitting in this big leather chair. And he turns around and says, uh, are you Mr. Jolly? I said, yes, I am. What's the problem? He said, um, are you, it says on your passport, you're, it says William Jolly, Washington, D.C. Yes, what's the problem? Would you also go by the name Willie Jolly? 
I said, yeah, but that's not on my passport. He said, would you be Willie Jolly, the motivational speaker? I said, yes, but that's not on my passport. I don't understand this. He said, would you be the Willie Jolly who spoke at Archbishop High, Carroll High School in Washington, D.C. in 1993 for the students? I said, yeah, that's me. He said, Mr. Jolly, I was in that class of students. I was in my 11th grade year, and I was messing up. I was doing drugs. I was hanging out with the wrong people. I was just barely getting through school. I was messing up. That day you talked about leadership and about making wise choices and about pursuing academic excellence, about being the best you could be. You told stories about your friends, the ones who made good choices versus the ones who made bad choices and how it all ended and turned out for each one. And, and at that day, you spoke and said something that changed my life. I went home that day and I told my mother that I was going to change. And I was a single parent household and she was overjoyed. She started crying. And that day, I made a decision to change my life. I went on to, to apply myself. And the next year, not only was I the head of my class, but I got a scholarship to West Point. And from there to officer's training school. And today, I'm the commandant of this base because my life changed in the 11th grade. I never thought I'd get to thank you. And I just wanted to take this moment to thank you, sir. That's the price that we pay and the impact we have that makes it worth getting on those planes, getting on those, going to those hotels late at night. That's the price it's worth. And I've had a number of those same kind of experiences over the years. People who heard me in elementary school, junior high school, high school, who are now city councilmen, who are now uh, leaders in their industry because my message spoke to them. Mm. So uh, wow. that's one of the things that inspires me to keep going, to keep doing what I do, even though mm -hmm. now I'm doing more corporate. Now I'm doing a lot of the, my new book just came out, An Attitude of Excellence. That's just doing great. Uh, in fact, people can go get a, a free copy uh, of an excerpt from the book at an, an attitude of excellence.com or Amazon. They, they give awesome. you a free excerpt. Awesome. Uh, we'll of put that in the show notes. Thank yeah. you. Mm -hmm. Willie, um, you know, that story that you just told, I'm assuming you've told it once or twice because you did it so brilliantly, not that you don't speak extemporaneously brilliantly every time, but those are the types of stories that build a 30-year brand. Yeah. And, and, you know, as an interviewer today on our podcast, my goal is just to tee you up so that you can go because <laughs> I am so excited when my listeners get to hear what Epic sounds like. Wow. Thank you. It, you know, that is just a brilliant story. I'm getting goosebumps. We're Zooming together, so I can yes. see you, but you're not, of course, acting it out or anything. And uh, really, that's a, a really amazing story. You know, that is why. So can, 
can we go to the part about being good on the platform? You you just demonstrated it, and now let's just unpack it a little bit. Okay. How did you get so darn good in order to build this 30-year brand? Well, thank you for, for saying that and for your kindness. And I actually, I'll give you one quick little tidbit about that. I shared that story one night at dinner. The night before I was going to speak at the Million Dollar Roundtable. Mm-hmm. So I'm at, at the Million Dollar Roundtable. The next day, I'm going to be speaking for 10,000 people from yeah. all over the globe. And we were just talking about travel. And, and somebody mentioned Japan. And I said, oh, I've been to Japan. I had a great time in Japan. And da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I shared that story. And the whole table was just riveted oh my gosh they were riveted they were on the edge of their seats as i told them the story i'd left out a part uh and i'll tell you this part as i tell them uh as i told them i told them the story and then i shared the last part which i didn't share earlier because i just want to be mindful of time is that when that young man finished thanking me he did something that was mind-boggling he went into his wallet pulled out a um a little card that was wrapped in cellophane which were the notes he took that day. Whoa. See, now that's like goosebumps on top of the goosebumps. (laughs) So you've got to make sure you include that. Well, thank you. Climax. Uh, That's amazing. So so they asked me that night, they said, we need you to tell that story. tell this story, yeah. Tomorrow in your speech. I said, my speech is already prepared. They said, you got to add that story. So I added that story. They gave me five extra minutes to tell that story. Anyway. The answer to your question is about proficiency on the platform. Mm-hmm. And the answer is that I was in a, doing an interview and someone said, what are your goals as a speaker? And I said, one day I hope to be good. They said, what? You, you've already been named one top five speakers in the world. You've been inducted to Speaker Hall of Fame. You're renowned for your speaking ability. I said, you know, and the reason why I am is because I have an attitude of if I keep getting better, mm. one day I'm going to really be good. They said, you're really good now. I said, no, really good. So I want to say to the listener, you must have a mindset that you can get better. and so. The speech I will give, let's say tomorrow, is going to be the better than the one I gave a couple of days ago because I'm going to work on what I did. What could I do better? How can I tweak it more? How can I improve it? Where can I go to even take it to the next level? And yet, the one I give later in the week is going to be better than the one I give tomorrow because I'm going to keep working on it. So I don't want to become complacent. I don't want to become satisfied with my message. I want to keep getting better. And I would encourage those who are listening, when you get that mindset, I want to be better in the future than I am today and was yesterday, then that's when you really start to become proficient. Other thing I want you to be mindful of is that sometimes you're going to have days when it it just wasn't your day, okay? Mm -hmm. But yep. don't let that stop you. Don't let that discourage you. That's just a, a, a little tweak from the universe to say, hey, hey, don't get comfortable. <laughs> don't, get, don't, get, don't get comfortable here. Keep uh, getting better. I'll put you on the spot here and say, tell us a story of a day that things did not go well for Willie <laughs> Jolly. Oh, boy. 
Well, most people know I'm a, I'm a speaker and I'm a singer. Mm-hmm. So um, usually at, I will sing at the end of my speech. Okay. And it's like a very high emotional moment for the audience. But one day I decided to, to sing at the beginning. And I had given them the music. This was before I controlled my own music from the stage. And the music started, and I started singing, and the, and the CD scratched, stopped. I don't know what, but it was just bad. And I'm singing this. It is bad. It doesn't work right. I'm hoping it comes back on. And it just doesn't, it, it, it comes on a little while and I'm trying to catch up. It's just bad. So it starts out bad and it yeah. goes downhill from there. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, everything that could go wrong, the mic went out. I mean, just one thing after another went oh, bad. No. And it was a bad experience for me because I want the, the program and the, the process to be really good. But it didn't happen the way I wanted it to. Now. I ended up doing okay, okay? But I knew in my heart of hearts that this was yeah. not a great program. So there's going to be time when it just doesn't go well, things happen. Yeah. Uh, it just is. It just doesn't work. But what do you do? You learn from it, you get back up, and you keep going. Yeah. Now, let me also give you one other thing that I think this is important for new speakers, young speakers to understand. That when you go to speak in a room, something Les Brown shared with me years ago, Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know Les Brown, the great motivator, considered the dean of motivation speakers, probably the greatest. He's the reason I'm in the business. Yeah, probably the greatest motivational speaker on the planet. Uh, Les said something to me. He said, Willie, understand that when you go to speak, here's the real formula or here's the real breakdown of the audience. Okay. Three of the people, if you can speak in a 10%, 10 people, three of the people in that room or 30%, are going to like you because you're there. You just showed up. They just like you because you were there. Yeah. Three are going to like you because of what you say, the content that you share with them. Three of them are going to like you because of the way they said what you said, the way you delivered it. And one of them is not going to like you no matter what you do or say. So out of a, out of 100 people, 30 going to like you because you showed up, 30 going to like you because of the way you spoke, 30 are going to like you because what you spoke about, and, and 10 are not going to like you no matter what you do or say. So don't dwell on trying to make that 10% like you and ignore the other 90%. Mm-hmm. Focus on your message. Find some people in the audience who are really into your message and focus on them. And those who have made up their minds that they're not going to like you, let them try and catch up. Now, I think about a time I was speaking at a big human resource conference, a lady, one lady, it was, it was a small room. One lady was sitting over the corner. She had her arms folded. I told my best stories, nothing. I told her my best jokes, zip, nothing would happen. Face didn't laugh, nothing. At the end of the speech, she ran to my table and said, I want all your books. I want everything. You're yeah. the best speaker I ever heard. I said, really? And yeah. my mind said to myself, I wanted to say to her, why didn't you tell your face? Yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. So I, got anyway. that, uh, I got that lesson from Rosita Perez. Ah, yes. She talked about the lady in the front row who looked like she wanted to kill her, and it just turned out to be something else random. And, That's right. So, so never assume that you know what your audience never is. Never assume and don't dwell on the ones who are not giving you any energy. And, yes. you know, how often do people go through their evaluations? Great, 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 great. Oh, here's somebody who didn't like me, and now laser focus in on that and, right. and obsess about it for days. Yeah, fuss uh, about it, think about it. We're here to tell you that it. this too shall pass. That's right. They take away all <laughs> your on. your enthusiasm, your confidence. It's yeah, shit. exactly. Uh, I, I remember getting an evaluation one time because when people are given an opportunity to be critics, sometimes they know they have no idea what to say. So this critique yeah. was. Here was the critique. He held his note at the end too long. <laughs> well, so I, I, I'm singing a big, you know, orchestral oh. song and, and I'm holding it and my arms outstretched and I'm giving it all. He held his note too long. <laughs> That's all she could come up with, okay? And so I just said, you know what? Well, God bless her. Oh, you know, bless her heart. She got in a power moment to be able to, to give her critique, and that was yeah. the thing she could come up with. Yeah. Anyway, you so got to say, you gotta say it this way. Bless her heart. There you go. That's right. There you go. <laughs> bless so, her heart. Okay, so uh, have a big vision, and don't actually, when you're setting out the vision, I'm pretty sure you probably had no idea how you were going to get there. Don't worry about the how. Yes. Just set the goal for what it is that you That's do. That's right. That's right. Uh, constant improvement. That's the nature of our game. That is the nature of the speaking industry. Yeah. I remember seeing, you know, Zig Ziglar up there in the third row taking notes. Taking notes. Uh, you know, yep. just a few years ago. He is That's still right. an avid learner and, and willing to grow. Now, let, me, let me give you one more, too. Sure. Okay. Cabot Robert, mm -hmm. who started the National Speakers Association, Cabot would come when I would speak at their Phoenix chapter and he'd sit in the front and take notes. Mm -hmm. not, but I, I thought maybe it's my stuff. But then I, I was there one time when another speaker was coming and he took notes for everybody. They said, that's his cabin. That's why he was cabin Robert. That's why Zig was Zig Ziglar. You yeah. must constantly grow. And, and I learned from uh, so many people. I learned from new people. I learned from people who know something about social media. I might not know. Yeah. So, Please be open to learning and constantly growing. Yeah, it's easy to start to get complacent after a while. So um, when you, just to kind of uh, unpack the, the get good idea a little bit more, one more step, do you audition your material to see if it can make <laughs> it into the presentation? Cause oh. Don't you think that most people try to give too much? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and the answer is, yeah, I... I tell my, I use my family, my friends as guinea pigs, okay? I'll tell, I get a new story and I will try it on my family or try it on my friends or try it somewhere where it's informal. Say, let me tell you something I might have told. Like I told you, that story about the Japanese thing, uh, Japanese uh, security. You never, uh, you didn't, I, I, never I tried it somewhere else before I tried it on stage. And, uh, and when I got people, here's how I know when people grunt. Ooh, ooh, oh, ooh, that was good, you know. <laughs> I, say, I got one now. I got a story. I got to find a place to put this one. And, uh, and I got to take something out. But, you know, uh, uh, it's important. That's the key it's, is taking something out yeah, when you, you can't add put something it all new, in. right? Yeah, you can't put it all in as much as you want to. That's, that's where the discipline, that takes some maturity and that takes some growth and that takes some willingness to keep, keep pursuing 
a yeah. better you, a better and, presentation. And just to wrap up this part on discipline, you said MDRT gave you five more minutes, which yeah. is a big deal, by the way, because they don't probably normally do that. Uh, ending on time. Talk yeah. about how important it is to end on well, time. Well, it's, it's, it's part of our contract with the client. Uh, even though it's an unwritten part of the contract, is that they have a schedule and the, the pros want to stay on time, stay on schedule. So I carry literally, and I don't have my bag right with me, a stopwatch Ooh. on stage. I used to have a, and you can get them. Uh, now you probably can do it with your, your, your phone. Something that vibrates in your pocket. Vibrates in your pocket. Used to yep. have a little thing on my belt that would vibrate. Actually, my yeah. remote control has a vibration too. Ah, okay. Yeah. Five minutes. It starts vibrating. I know I got to close this up. I got to yeah. move on. But sometimes you get in the moment and my speech is not one that's written out. Okay. It's not yeah. word for word. I've got okay. an outline. Uh, and I've got an outline. You're kind of like bullet points. I'm going to yeah, go here. Could, then I'm going to get, I'm going to tell this story. Right. How, do, how do you open? Do you open the same every time? Yeah. I always open the same. Always what open do the you, same. What's your story that well, you talk about? I start with to... when I walk on stage and people have come to know me for this. Mm -hmm. I start with this. I have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it. It's forced upon me. I can't refuse it. I didn't seek it. I didn't choose it, but it's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it, give account if I abuse it. Just a tiny little minute, but my eternity is all wrapped up in it. I'm so honored to be here to have this minute, this moment with you. And now I hope that I can give you something that will make you say the minute and these minutes that we are shared together was well worth the investment of time. Oh, and then I, I go into... It. I go into whatever my message is for that day, who I'm speaking to. And I try and thank uh, my, somebody who ever brought me there to make mm -hmm. sure you shout them out and make them mm -hmm. feel special. And then I go into my message and sometimes it's, it depends on what they wanted to, to talk about. But by the way, I don't have a canned message that is just one message. It depends right. on what the client wants. Right. What do they, what do they ask for? You're do they customizing need... it. That's right. Do you How need... much would you say... 60, 40, yeah, 70, 30, I, I would say, would say I'd say 60% is there's some tried and true material tried and true. And then some about 40% is about is new or it is something that I will pull from here and pull from there for and, them. And, yeah. For them. Cause it's for them. And I'm trying to make them say, wow, I just spoke in Trinidad a couple of weeks ago for a guardian life insurance and uh, I did that. I, I sat the night before with the president and the CEO and said, let's talk about it. Now, they had done the pre-program questionnaire. They had done the pre-program call. But it wasn't until that, that, that message or that time together the night before uh, that I could really get what they really were struggling with, what their real pains were. They, 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 they kind of were camouflaging it before, but you know, didn't go into detail. That way I redid my PowerPoint and mm. redid my program. And I said, here's what I want to do. Let's set some goals. What do we want to hit? And what are the achievements? Now that said, after my message, the vice president of sales came back to my hotel the next morning and said, the executives, Everybody, without question, said the absolute best presenter we've had ever for our 
kick off. You spoke to our needs. You spoke to our issues because I had customized it for them at the at the main moment, not just a week before, right there in the mix, in the heat of the battle. So I really encourage people to always talk to your client and see if you can get a little more info from them yeah. before your presentation. That's really good because uh, sometimes those calls ahead of time don't really do the trick, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and asking really powerful questions that could lead back to something that you might want to share could be very, very helpful. I love yeah. it. I love it. Okay. So um, we've really got an idea around making sure that the speech is epic, creating a big vision for yourself, constantly improving. Those are probably some of the characteristics of your brand that you've been building here for 30 years. What would be when somebody gets the Willy Jolly experience, what, uh, what else are they getting as a part of that? What do you consciously say, this is what my brand is about? Uh, I would say that I want them to leave, leave with a wow. That's the word, W-O-W. Now, that stands for what we think of as wow is a powerful moment where they are empowered and uplifted. But Really, what that means for me is I want to get them into the world of Willie. I'm bringing them into the world of Willie, which is that I, when I go on stage, I've got, a, I've got some goals I want to do. One, mm-hmm. I want to sell them. Mm-hmm. I want to sell them on themselves. On the ideas that you're presenting. Yeah, yeah and I want, to sell, I want them to, to, to be motivated to make the changes that are necessary to do the work, to go to extra mile. Mm-hmm. I want to, so I want to sell them. I want to empower them. Empower means I want them to get power. I want them to, that, that there's power that they don't know they have. So I want to sell them. I want to empower them. I want to inspire them. Now the word inspire is taken from the Greek word to breathe anew. And it's different than motivate them. Now inspiration is from the heart. There's something in your heart. Mm-hmm. Motivation is from the head. So mm-hmm. I want to sell them. I want to empower them. I want to inspire them. I want to motivate them to take them, make them take action. And then I want to embolden them. Now, what does that mean? That means I want them to overcome the fears that are going to come, the, 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 the things that are going to pop up, the little uh, whack-a-moles that are going to pop up that you're finally whacking. Uh, no, I want to, uh, when they pop up, I want you to not let them frighten you. Uh, Les Brown, again, go back to him, has a quote that he has given for years at the end of his speeches by Burton Braley. It's a poem that I love. It says, if you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for it, to work day and night for it, to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep for it. If all that you dream and scheme is about it, and life seems useless and worthless without it, if you'd gladly sweat for it and fret for it and lose all of your terror of the opposition for it, if you simply go after that thing that you want with all of your capacity, strength, and sagacity, faith, hope, and confidence, and stern pertinacity, if neither cold, poverty, famine, nor gout, sickness, nor pain of body and brain can keep you away from the thing that you want, if dogged and grim you besiege and beset it, 
with the help of God, you'll surely get it. You can't let the the, the, the fears stop you. You must be well willing to look to terror with terror in your, in your face and say, I'm going forward anyway. That's where you start to get your greatness as a speaker, whether you're a motivator, whether you're information, whether you're a seminar leader, whether you're a facilitator. There's so many ways to share your information through the speaking process. Um, a lady, by the way, I got to take a moment to shout you out, by the way, Miss Jane Atkinson. I got a, a text uh, no, not a text. I'm sorry. A um, uh, um, LinkedIn LinkedIn mm-hmm. message uh, just over the last hmm, last couple weeks from a lady who said she she read about my story in your incredible book. Please tell everybody for the world to know what the name of your book is, please. <laughs> the Wealthy Speaker 2.0. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this lady read about my story in your Wealthy Speaker 2.0, she said, I am so impressed with your story. I have looked up everything about you. I went to one of your websites. Uh-huh. I have a speaker website called youcanspeaknow.com uh, that she went to. And she said, I am so impressed with your story and what you had to, oh, I got it right here. Let's see, her uh, her her message. I'm gonna read it to you because it's so profound. All right. So so Im- important. I think it's incredible. It might have been and the then, epic keynote book, uh, Willie, because I think you might be in both. So well, well, well this one. Said. Let's see. She <laughs> says, "I hope this message finds you well." I just read your tips for. Oh, you're right for an epic keynote in Jane Atkinson's book, the epic keynote. And I was so inspired. Then I looked you up and went to uh, your youcanspeaknow.com site and learned some of the other principles and tips you give there. Thank you uh, for helping as I embark on my speaking career. Her name awesome. is Jane, uh, Jen Slay. She's a, she's a nurse. And Wonderful. I said, you know, that Jane Atkinson. <laughs> she is the real deal. She, is, she, she has helped so many speakers uh, to to transform their lives, professional and, and people getting into business by her work. So I'm just honored to have you as a friend. You know, I just, you're awesome. Oh, thank you, Willie. That is so, that is so sweet. Well, it just, I really it, look, it just came up just a few days ago and I said, <laughs> oh, I'm going to be on a, a, a podcast with her soon. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I really hope, you know, you've told us some stories. You've uh, you've kind of delivered a lot of little mini sessions within this session. And we're talking about what it takes to build a 30-year brand. And that is really um, having this level of talent and keeping working at it, setting your big vision. That is all a part of it, Willie. And I want to say thank you so much. Well, my pleasure. And I want to encourage people because they're going to be tough moments. Yeah. Let's talk about what they, you'd like them to do if they'd like to get in touch with you. Yeah. But I want to encourage them about tough moments in 2008. Mm-hmm. There was a tough moment. Yeah, first in nine uh, eleven, really tough moment for the speaking business because people yep. stopped having meetings. They weren't flying. They weren't going. Everything yep. shut down. I Second was... thing in two thousand eight with the recession, two thousand eight tough moment. And every few years there's going to be a tough moment. So start preparing for the the tough times and the good times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm encouraging people to put a little something away for the tough mm-hmm. times. Rainy days. 
and then expand. What I love about Jane, you've got multiple books, you've got podcasts, you've got all sorts of trainings and coachings. So expand. I've got the speaking, I've got the XM show, I've got my uh, books, I've got my podcast, I've got my music, I've got all of these things to try and make sure that I have brand extension. So, yeah. so anyway, people can reach me at uh, willyjolly.com or wjspeaks.com and get a free gift from us. Just go to willyjolly.com slash gift, willyjolly.com slash gift. So you can get some of the free ebooks, some of the free awesome. music, some of the free podcasts. Follow me on uh, Facebook at willy.jolly. You can follow me on Twitter at willyjolly. And that's W-I-L-L-I-E-J-O-L-L-E-Y. Yep. And that's uh, the E is for enthusiasm. So Willie Jolly. <laughs> and so you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, IG is the real Willie Jolly. And also we have a faith-based site called uh, jollygoodnews.org for those who are into faith-based uh, messaging. And uh, listen to me on XM, on Sirius XM around the world on channel 141, Saturdays at four o'clock. I have the number one self-help show in America. Thanks to friends like Jane Atkinson, who's been on my show. And she was fabulous. That story you told by, about the river, about the river, I'll never forget. What's that river you live near? I live right behind the, the uh, Thames River. Yeah, she told this great story. It's just phenomenal. <laughs> I think we're on the podcast. You're just incredible. I've never forgotten that story. So. Oh, thank you. Well, Boy, we're going to have Monica put all of those links in the show notes and your right. links to social. So we'll make sure that folks can uh, communicate with you in whatever fashion that they choose. And Willie if they Jolly, just say they're a friend of Jane Atkinson, that's, that's all, all I need. you they need. All right. right. All right. <laughs> Willie Jolly, thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure, Jane. You're awesome. And if you're listening and you've appreciated this, and I hope you really have, I sure got a lot out of it, uh, please leave us a review, leave us a rating, and um, make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes on iTunes or Stitcher or on Google Play. And with that, we will say, see you soon, Palty Speakers. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Wealthy Speaker Show. Please visit speakerlauncher.com for your free Wealthy Speaker audit and visit speakerlauncher.com forward slash podcast for show notes and many more resources to help you catapult your speaking business. See you soon, Wealthy Speakers.